welcome to the Truth From Ruth podcast with me, your host, Ruth Ross. Hello, lovely people. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you've all had a nice week and I really appreciate the continued support, lovely feedback and messages in regards to this. Um, it's really nice to hear that it's it's been helping people. That's, that's my aim. Um... So if you haven't done so already, please rate, review and subscribe. And it just helps get the message out to more people, which is my aim. Um, this week uh, has been half and half. Half half it I've been so stressed. Um, there's been just like oh, so much stuff to sort out. And uh, I've not been feeling, my body's not been feeling amazing this week. Just... I've had a lot of issues with like painful hands and stuff. Um, so that's getting me down a bit. But positives is we have finally booked a holiday to South America. So it's like a really delayed honeymoon. Um, but I'm so excited. I've always wanted to go. So that'll be cool. And my lovely cousin's over from Canada. So she's just living her best life up in Scotland. I can't see her, unfortunately. I'm stuck in London. But, um, yeah, it's so nice to see that she is finally here in the UK. She's not been before. Uh, so that's good. And, yes, let's, let's get started. Lots of love and I hope you enjoy. So just as a little quick recap, we got to the stage last week where I was discussing how I was at um, a breaking point. I was scared of my thoughts and I literally, I didn't see a way out at all. It was just every day was in this vicious cycle Um I just thought, what a life, I'm not living a life at all, I'm just... Um, I don't know how to help myself, I'm so stuck and I just like a bit of me came over me and was like right you need to phone the GP so I got to the GP's office Um, I basically just probably broke down like crying so it was such a relief to speak to somebody finally about what had been going on Um, I told them about the sort of stuff that happened from age sort of 12 and what had been happening from 17 again and then it had just got really worse to the point where I just was you know wasn't want to be here and stuff anymore so the GP I remember she I don't think she offered me antidepressants to begin with she um went to, like went told me to answer this questionnaire and it was no sorry it wasn't her that asked me to to fill in a questionnaire she referred me to a a counsellor um with the GP so I had to come back and see somebody else like a, a, a psychiatrist I had to come like one every Thursday um, I think it was like a six-week program or something. The GP asked me about, like, obviously she told me the the health um, 
consequences of me continuing to do what I was doing in regards to my um, organs and my teeth and obviously as a you know you have to tell the patient that because they need to know but I was already aware um and it even though it's like any addiction it's like even though you know that stuff's bad for you that it doesn't help um it doesn't take away the the need to to do it so it adds like another pressure um of a sort of anxiety over the top of it because you're like I know I generally didn't want to like if I had a choice I would obviously not be doing this to myself obviously I didn't want to be causing my teeth more damage I don't want to have cramps in my stomach I don't want to have acid reflux coming up you know I don't want to have my whole life consumed with every single thing I ate and um I don't want to continue having this paranoia and this depression and you don't want to have it but whether you want to have it or not you feel like out of control you don't know how to how to change it um so yes, yeah, she she was she was really she was nice and she told me to come back. So I went home and then I felt like right, okay, at least I'm maybe go get to speak to somebody. I was at college at the time, so I had finished doing my art portfolio class and now I was in a um doing business, fashion business. Um I always wanted to learn about having a business plan and stuff, so that combined with like a creative subject I thought, right, this this might be okay to just go and do it at the college, like a HND. Um, obviously, looking back, you choose things because that's kind of the flow of it. But, you know, doing a course in fashion. <laughs> it was already at college, but it probably didn't it didn't benefit me at all as, as sort of time went on. I'll, I'll talk over that in a little while. But, um, yeah, so I was at college at the time and so I don't... I don't think I told mom and dad um, or Andy, my, my partner, um, but I had to tell my lecturer at the time because I had to be off college like every single Thursday afternoon and she was really good. She, I was so embarrassed because it was the first year um, of college and it was also, I don't know, I was, I, I'm, my personality was different as I say, so like I, I wasn't 100% Ruth um so I, I didn't feel like as confident and stuff and um I don't know I was still felt like we were we didn't know each other really well um me and the lecturer so I felt like oh no this is like so awkward but I had to tell her and then she told the other teacher that we had who was just a, a gem as well so so they were lovely but of course like I didn't want to tell any of my classmates so I think I just made up that I had to go to like a hospital thing every week um, and nobody like really asked. Um, but yeah, I was definitely not at the stage where I was like, I'm just going to tell people like I'm going to a dietitian and a site. It wasn't a dietitian, it was a, a, a counsellor psychologist. Uh, but there was absolutely no way I was going to share that with my classmates. I went into the appointment and uh, I had to fill in a questionnaire and it was all about like from one to ten you know do you have these kind of thoughts from one to ten so I think it was like a common questionnaire that gets done um about where you were at the moment and 
And I think they had to do it at the end of the six weeks as well. So they have to review if there's been an improvement with your um uh with with your answers really just to see if the, the, the counselling's helped. I remember just wanting to cry all the time, like the drop of a hat, there'd be tears and waterworks and I remember this one time the um psychologist hadn't they'd cancelled my appointment but they the um surgery hadn't got in touch with me and I remember like coming down just being so grateful every week that I got to see this woman and she the the receptionist was just like oh your your appointment's not can your appointment's cancelled and just feeling like the world had stopped um and she just said yeah we've, we've had to reschedule and I remember just like having the teary eyes and like crying to the receptionist I remember telling my pal this like later on in life and she's like oh my god how embarrassing but I I, I couldn't like I was not in control of my emotions at all um so anyway the the counsellor was fine she was nice enough um went through all the stuff told me why it's not good to do the things I want to do like I already know that but thank you uh, so that would annoy me a bit because I'm like, I know, I know, I wanted to scream, like, I know, I know it's no good what I'm doing, could you just bloody help me? Uh, and then, yeah, I just remember, like, breaking down quite a lot when I was talking about stuff. So usually you get asked, like, do you have any trauma? Do you have any, um, again, this is just, like, a reminder, I'm not a medical professional. Uh, just whilst I'm talking about this, I've never you know, being trained in counselling or I'm not a medical um, advisor, like as I say in the show notes, if you need any further advice, please don't use this as a replacement, like this is just my experience. Um, but yeah, I just remember breaking down a lot and then she asked me like, oh do you want to maybe go on antidepressants and I just, I don't know, I just feel like I was so young and um, I just didn't know, I don't know, I just, there's something about it, I was like, no, I, I don't. Um, and there, that's the thing, like, you know, I know there is a lot of options nowadays, like where people go on tablets and things like that, and that's absolutely fine, like, no, no judgment on that, and also no not one size fits all, like you have to do what you've got to do to get yourself better, um, but I don't know, there was just some kind of resistance with it, uh, and I actually found my notes, so it was weird, I was I was looking through my cupboard and found like, uh, like uh, all, my, all my paperwork, so I'd held on to like so much paperwork from then, which I've now got ready, I just thought I don't need to hang on to this anymore but it was just all the paperwork all the stuff we went through um I think my final assessment was that she was going to be moving away so she I think my sessions maybe got cut short or she was kind of moving away she wasn't going to be in the UK anymore and on my notes uh we had discussed like some triggers for me uh like being at home all day and um not having like a uh, not having a purpose for the day so like I know that's still a trigger for me today where it's like you know if I'm getting up I can't just have I can have a day in the house but I need to 
I need to have purpose every day. Um, so that that was something that was discovered way back then. And she said, like, try and do some yoga and stuff like that. Um, which, you know, when looking back, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But I had had 12, so age 12 to 13. And then I had a year, so see, a couple of years of... Uh, that behaviour and then again it was really intense obviously when I got to my um, late teens um, six weeks I'm sorry to say that uh, again everybody's different but six weeks wasn't enough to heal me <laughs> uh, it was a, a very beginning it was the beginning of the journey uh, to recovery there's no way I regret going to my GP because I'd don't want to think of what, what would have happened if I didn't. So there's no regrets there um, with with what I'd done at the time. You know, I followed my intuition and it was absolutely the right thing to do. But I suppose to explain the scale of it, after being there for six weeks, I maybe understood 5% more, maybe 10% more. The illness is so vast and that's like any sort of subject or you know thing that you're you're learning about you know you're learning about yourself and I just felt still really lost and I don't know I just felt like kind of dropped back into reality and it was okay getting advice on what was possibly causing the the cycles and maybe some sort of light tips on how you know things to try it's all it's all about um trial and error i suppose at this stage because you're you're just trying to get your head around what it is um so it would be all fine and well having the ideas and and having that on paper but it's a different story trying to get that in place so when you're in these deep cycles, it's like you're a bit of super glue on the pavement, trying to like eat yourself off, and you just—it's like you're walking on eggshells with yourself. And as I mentioned in the last episode, it's like that sort of bad, sort of overpowering, um, nasty, controlling voice. Um, and it's just obviously like it's full blast when you're in that deep cycle. Um, but then one day you, you can wake up and then it's like you're able to get washed and get dressed and actually get out of the house. And you're just sort of on edge because you're thinking, okay, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. And then it could be a few days and you're just, you're, you're being quite quiet and you're like, okay, I'm just plodding along, like I'm, I'm able to get control again, I'm, I'm getting the reins of this. And then smack, bam, crash, boom, you're in a heap again and you think, what the hell happened? How the hell did that happen? How am I here again? I promised myself this wouldn't happen. I promised I wouldn't do this again. I was doing, and it's that, it's that phrase, I was doing so well, I was doing so well, I was being so good. And you mistake it for, I've no motivation. 
I just can't eat healthy or I'm just lazy and and all these things when it's nothing to do with that. It's nothing to do with motivation. <laughs> it's to do with you not understanding what's going on in, in your, your body, in your head. You're not understanding that this is loud and it's it's at this stage not your choice because it, it hits you so quickly it's like something else is taking over you um and i think you know when you're in this you're just desperately hoping like okay maybe if i just quickly get my clothes on and just get outside then i'll maybe be all right but then that bit of I suppose it's anxiety, isn't it? Where it's um right, I'll I'll pack my bag to go to the swimming pool. It's only ten minutes down the road. Right, that's fine. I'll get my clothes on and I'll get um my towel and all my toiletries and that and I'll just go out and then at least I can go for a nice swim. That's like a nice um calming thing I can do. But if you don't move at super speed, the worry, the stress, the what ifs will come in. Like, oh no, what if people, like, because I'm from, like, a village, so, like, I lived in a village where everybody sort of knows each other, and I'd be like, oh no, but what if I see somebody I know? <gasps> oh no, I, I, like, at this stage as well, I was, I couldn't, it might be a day where I just feel like I can't stop crying, and anything tips me over the edge, so then I had the worry, like, oh no, like, what if I see somebody that I know, and then they start speaking to me, and then I just start crying, or, oh no, like, I, I've had, like, a, a five-day binge there. They are going to be, like, she's put on so much weight. So then, obviously, what I was mentioning last time as well was, like, the paranoia and the... Um, the delusional kind of feeling of, of having so much extra body added to yourself like extra pounds that are creeping on and it's only been five days but you're like oh my god they're going to be thinking I've put on so much weight if I just had a five-day binge um okay if I get to the swimming pool uh what if my belly's sticking out because I've not been eating healthy and starving myself like uh okay right well I'll just try and hurry up and have a quick shower and then just jump into the pool but then I get I get frozen with the thought like oh no what if there's spectators there who are um watching you know what if there's a, a kids swimming lesson on and uh, there's mums and dads spectators there like I need to get out of the pool like walk up the steps right beside them that's happened to me before where I was like stuck in the pool for a long time because I just couldn't bear the thought of like getting up the stairs at the other end and then everybody watching me walk into the showers or getting up at the steps next to them, like, all this stuff goes through your head. So it's really hard to leave the house because you've got this on top of, you know, you've made, you've, you've achieved something by stepping outside into the fresh air, but that numbs you before you're even able to do that because you know once you get outside that you'll manage and you'll be fine and, you know, you could just maybe go away that you don't, you can avoid seeing people and, Okay, maybe today's not for the pool because you're you're really sort of angsty today. Um, it, it stops you from going any further because because of the other worry.
And I just really wanted somebody to hold my hand, I suppose, and guide me with, like, in an ideal world, I would have had a professional to speak to every single day, especially when it, it was at the very beginning. I, I didn't learn, like, tools and tips and things that, that helps. Um, and I think purpose is, like, really important now that I've discovered, like, I need to have purpose every day to do be doing stuff. Uh, but at the time I think I would have like days free for college and I was working two jobs like I've always been a really hard worker um, but maybe there was some gaps like I used to fill just fill every single like hour up in my day all the time and because I was so scared to be alone with myself um, so that's there's maybe bits of where my work ethic is from and, and how I've been brought up but um, yeah I remember like days like home study days and stuff were quite quite difficult because you just have time with, with you and yourself in the house and uh, my mum and dad were at their work and stuff so I would spend a lot of that day like uh, binging on chocolate biscuits and then purging and then I would um, like run down to the shop before they got back from work and then sometimes depending on the time of day I would be at the shop twice that day uh, and then I would sit anxiously like on my bed hoping that they didn't notice that the biscuits had went mis missing and had been replaced again. But I think in an ideal world if I had the option to continue speaking to someone professional that would have been like groundbreaking I think for me because it really helps me talking to talking through stuff. Um, but it's, it's the expense of it obviously and I was sort of given the six weeks on NHS and um, I wasn't, I don't think, aware of like a private counselling and then I, I was a student at the time. Um, I'm sure it was possibly offered to me from my, my mum, but I, I maybe declined it or something, I can't remember, but hindsight's a great thing, isn't it? I think if I had got somebody... Uh, maybe and I had agreed to like continue doing that then I would have been able to understand it from an earlier age and then it would have avoided me having issues again later on because uh, it's like if we put like a plaster over a wound you know it'll it'll come off when water gets on it uh, I don't know I'm trying to think of an example but if you don't see what's underneath and you don't work out why you're doing something that's harmful then you just keep putting a, a plaster over over it and never never really checking what the issue is um so it'll creep up on you again it's almost guaranteed that it'll it'll come back so um i would have i would have you know that's that's sort of my advice for people um that worked for me though it might not might not be for you but I, I genuinely do think it's it's a good thing to get um I always recommend it to people I'm speaking to and the thing is I got a counsellor um again um a few years ago and I had sort of read different profiles and I'd spoke to different ones and you just know like sometimes the first person that you speak to might not be a right fit but it's fine there's thousands and thousands of other counsellors and you can get them on zoom or you can be face to face there's nhs there's talking therapies 
Um, there's mine, Samaritans. It's good to get in the habit to speak to people about what's going on with you because you realise like, obviously uh, any illness or any addiction likes us to be secretive about it so that it can feed, it feeds the addiction more and, and um, then if we start speaking about it, it, it takes away the the secret I don't know it just it just helps like because if, if you tell somebody I mean everybody I've told obviously I'm very open about it now but it took me years to be like that and and I found that I built up so much like oh my god oh my god oh my god I'm gonna have to tell this like say my sister or whoever it was I was telling and oh no and then I would tell somebody and it was bit by bit and they would just be like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, they were, everybody was always really supportive. So that thing about up to be this massive deal, like, it is a massive deal. And, you know, people are um, sad for, for what's happened and stuff. But it's not, like, it's quite a nice feeling to just let it go and, and release that and share. Um, so, yeah, so get into the habit of, um, even if you can speak to people you don't know on any of the charities or anything like that that's a good idea, that really helped me. Um, another thing that's been really helpful is um, breaking down and recognising when um, relapses happen and what I was doing before is if something like that happened, I would just try and hide it under the rug and like move on. And I'd be like, oh, hopefully that doesn't happen again. I'm just going to ignore it. And then hopefully tomorrow's all right. But then as soon as I started um, trying to work out and step back and say, right, what, what happened yesterday or what happened on this day? What could have been potential triggers? Let's literally just break down every single thing and then when you start to like mind map it or you start to look at look at um things that's happened on the previous day or so, you could say, Oh, that really annoyed me, and then this happened, and then that happened, and oh, I can see now that, that it's all just been small little things throughout the day that's then made me explode at the end of the day when I get home or so that's really helpful, really um conscious about why things have happened, writing it down. Um, that meant that I would I was learning more about myself and and I knew what things were maybe going to be a bit trickier so I had more of a um, I was more prepared let's say uh, I've also got an app that I write down a couple of words I've started to do that um, it's to do with like our menstrual cycle and stuff but it's just about recognizing patterns um, in the month when you're feeling um, irritated or more tearful. It is amazing how much it links up and how much I'm like, oh my God, on that same day last last month, I was feeling like really agitated and it's um, it's cool. It's just, it's good to understand like your body a bit more. Uh, so that's interesting. And another thing that like, I can not recommend high enough is simple but effective is um just getting out in the nature and that's really hard because I know sometimes like if you're stuck at home and you just feel like oh like the things I was explaining before when we try to go to like the swimming pool and stuff eh, that could be really difficult but I listened to a TED talk uh, a long time ago with Mel Robbins and she was saying that 
like to get your um your before your sort of mind puts its brakes on, if you do a countdown like five, four, three, two, one, it really boot boots you to get up and get your clothes on or get your trainers on and get out before you say, oh, no, 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 I can't do that because what if I see them and what if I have to do this and what if I have to do that? So that's really good. Um, getting out for a walk is good. I think I just mix it up. So I've got like a toolbox now with different things I use. So sometimes like if I go on a little jog or something, I like to not have any earphones in. I like to just like think through like if I'm stressed or if I'm worried about stuff, like it's really nice to just have your own thoughts and you can um, you can like go through the process of everything and and uh, come up with ideas and that that's really helpful sometimes. But I mean, days when I'm like in a heap and I'm just like I'm fed up listening to my own thoughts, it's good to get outside because you're in a different, a new environment. Um, I like putting on a podcast, like I love a podcast, so maybe put on, because there's obviously so many different genres, I'll usually put on something like hearted uh, some comedy or something like that and then if I'm not in the mood to listen to anybody's voice I love playing music because it takes you to a different level a different headspace I like you know upbeat stuff I love uh, musical theatre so I'll put like my favourite musical theatre songs on or some pop nostalgia classics disco Abba, Shaka Khan, I'm Every Woman, um, you know, they're my faves, but maybe like a, an album that you really like or something. And I think just being in nature is so helpful because you can, if you try and be in the moment when you're in nature, so like looking at the trees, we've got quite a lot of squirrels around where we are, so just watching the squirrels. Um, there's a dog park near us, so if I'm feeling really low and really rubbish, uh, I will go along to the dog park and sit on the bench like a proper dog creep. Um, uh, my sunglasses on a baseball hat. No, <laughs> I just watch a lot of dog walkers go in with like packs of dogs and they just run around with their pink tongues hanging out and they're just living, like they're so happy and they're just chasing a ball, they're just living in the moment, playing with each other. Um, so watching, observing nature really helps. And I suppose that's a, a type of mindfulness. When I'm in a, a space in my head where I've been advised, you know, of like, um, yeah, try meditation. And there's so much scientific evidence for meditation that is such a beneficial thing for us. And it's something that I do want to keep trying to get right but it's not always suitable for for when I'm, I'm in that um mind mind so to say mind frame uh and I need to just be moving or be physical and um so so being mindful is helpful because it's just been in the moment and stuff if I am out on a walk um I love reading, so reading at night and, and in the morning. I am really into self-development, so I'm, I love learning new things about myself. I think we should never stop learning. It's good for the brain, it's good for your 
um, confidence and even if I could take little snippets from books or things that I, I watch or read, um, it all helps, I think, building a more aware self. So I I really enjoy doing that and that helps. Again, not one size fits all. So it, it, it just, all I can say is it depends. It really just depends. Um... Another thing that really helped me, I will go more into this sort of on, on further episodes, but it really helped me focus on something, something it helped me to focus on something I would sit and think, okay, what, what do I feel curious about? What would I like to try? And that would maybe be like different crafts or like for me it was... Um, I really wanted to go to like a life drawing class. I hadn't done art for a while. And that really, it wasn't just that, there was other things I tried, but like having a purpose to go to a class or go out to the shop and buy certain things for this thing you're going to make or learning an instrument or just just having something that your mind can focus on that's nothing to do with how you look. It's just about expanding our thoughts, I guess, and and moving away from the focus just being about, you know, how we look or how we don't feel good about certain things. It, it shifts your energy to something positive and something that you can create it's like such a confidence booster and I think just before we go like there's there's a lot more things I want to talk to you about as always uh, I've got a lot more things to unravel um, I do want to sort of delve into some misconceptions that we have towards eating disorders and body image so I will continue on that road next week. Um, maybe go over some stuff that happened when I was at university doing fashion as well. That was that was a drama. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying doing these podcasts. Again, thank you so much for all your support. It's just amazing getting the feedback I wanted from people and I just hope that I am uh changing stuff for the better i guess and and encouraging everybody to talk more about all this stuff and just as a final reminder is that you are wonderful and you deserve the very best life i'm so passionate about sharing this message so if you've listened to these episodes and you think you know i know exactly who this will benefit then please pass it on because it's all about spreading the word and and being open about this and hopefully we'll start to change the narrative for uh, the current world but also like future generations as well uh, have a lovely lovely week enjoy yourself it's my birthday after the weekend so i can tell you all about me going to abba voyage i'm sure it's going to be amazing i've heard great reviews Thanks again so much for listening and I'll see you next week on The Truth From Ruth.